Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Nine-foot homemade oak bar. My name is Chris. That's Craig over there. Every time we do a show, my friend, uh, everything changes within a week. This team is like a revolving door of players coming in and players going out. We talked all about Anthony Alford on the last show. Now he's on the IL. We we talked about Bryce Wilson, IL. Uh, We uh, got Ben Gamble back, but guess what? The Big Nagowski, DFA'd, and Kai Tom follows right afterwards. Ben Charrington is ruthless, man. He's like one of those guys in Game of Thrones. Like, you say something wrong to him and he chops your head off. Yeah, he's he's not joking around. He's not messing around at this point in time. He's getting down to, like, some of the decisions that we thought might be coming in the offseason. He's making those decisions right now. If if a guy is not, you know, if he's not... You know, holding his weight as as far as you know, batting average, or I guess it would be batting his weight, or if he's not, you know, pitching very well, whatever it may be, he's he's looking he's looking to move on from you. And he picked up some guys, you know, we talked about before in some of the the previous trades. He's been playing, you know, Hoy Park's been getting getting a decent amount of run, uh, seeing what he has with Rodolfo Castro, uh, Kevin Newman's jump back in a little bit here. Uh, everybody's talking about bringing up uh, Michael Chavez uh, from AAA. It, it seems to be that this is tryouts uh, and whatever it may be. It's like spring training uh, A <laughs> before spring training B comes. Yeah, but that, that's what it's got to be. In 2022. If you're a rebuilding team the moment that you finish the trade deadline, that's what your focus is. Unless you're able to make some sort of weird move where you're able to push something through waivers or something. I mean, like, that that's that's your focus at this point. Now you're just trying to find anything. You know what you are? You're a filter. You're a net. You're sitting at the end of a river, and you just got your net out, and you're catching everything that runs through. And sometimes you pull it in, you go, I don't know, that looks like a good size one. That looks like something I might keep. And you put it off to the side. And then if it isn't working out for you in five minutes, you toss it back in the river because you caught something else in the net. I mean, perfect example is the transaction that happened this week where you sign Yoshi Suzuko. 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 Yeah. 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 I remember having to learn his name when he was going in the free agency and there were like five teams that wanted him. Like he was a big international signing originally and he did not work out. And there must be a belief that at 29 years old after success in the Japanese baseball leagues, that he could come over here and you might be able to figure out what's wrong with him. Is there something that can be unlocked? That's a guy that gets caught in your net. And if it doesn't work, you're going to move on from him. Like, like you're going to test drive everything. Somebody gets DFA'd, you're going to get him. Guess what? Zach Birdie just got dropped. You could have another Birdie on your team. I, I guarantee you the Pirates pick him up. 
He was a first-round draft pick. He just got DFA'd. They're like, hey, another birdie's out there. Another relief pitcher with the last name of birdie. I think they're cousins, or are they brothers? I'm not they're sure. Brothers. They're brothers. They're brothers. Yeah, well, now, now you can get the other one because he's out there. I guarantee he gets picked up off of waivers by the Pirates. Who Ben Charrington loves arms. There's no way he just clears waivers. He'll get picked up. Former first-round arm that that you know couldn't find room on a contending team. And they needed to make room. It isn't because they didn't believe in him anymore. They needed to make room for what they were doing. And he gets bounced off the 40-man in DFA. That's the kind of guy the Pirates swing at. I bet you we're talking about him next week. And that's all Ben Charrington can do right now. Try out what you have while you try to figure out what your roster is going to be. you got to figure out what the base roster is. What is your base for next year? What are the other guys that are going to fill in around that base until you find something better than them? because you don't think that they're that good. And what are the guys that need to have a shot in case we're able to discover something or our player development people can figure something out and maybe we find a diamond in the rough because you got to build a team here. Yeah, and I mean, going back to, uh, to, to Yoshimoto, it was him and it was Shogo Akiyama who, you know, went to the Reds. You're incredible with those names. I struggle with them all the time. You just roll them right off your tongue, but go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, Shogo Akiyama went to the Reds. Uh, Yoshimoto Tutsugo, you know, went to the Rays. And it was like one of those signings that, you know, like I said, everybody was clamoring for. So if we can get him at this point in time for pennies, because I even believe before he went to the Dodgers, I'm I'm, I'm almost certain the Rays are still on, uh, on the hook for most of his contract. So these are the types of moves. And this one to me, Chris, at least... It moves the needle more than a Nagowski. It moves the needle more than a Tom, more than an Evans ever did, uh, more than a Gonzalez. Just because, I mean, it, it's not like the Pirates are picking some somebody else's, and it could still be, you know, considered somebody else's trash or, you know, somebody else's whatever it may be uh, at that point in time. But this was these are players that other team scouts that are actually – good teams like the Rays and the Dodgers are saying, you know what, we're going to take a shot on this guy. If we can even get him hitting for a couple months, you know, what could we do with him? If the Pirates, you know, get him get him hitting for this point in time and decide to, you know, bring him back next year, what would that mean for the team? I mean, it's, it's good things. Uh, they've done it already. We saw Dylan Peters go out there this week and everybody, you know, says, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have, you know, a T-shirt yet because his nickname, as I will always say, is Dilly Pickles with a Z. Went out and had a pretty good outing. Um, and it's basically Ben saying, you know what, we need some arms. This guy's a nice left-handed arm. If he gives us something, great. If he only gives us innings, great, because we need it, because our arms are dying, because people didn't pitch a whole lot last year. So people are kind of getting uh, backed off on, like I, they've even talked about JT Brubaker a bunch of times, that he's not going to be getting any as many innings. Like you mentioned before at the beginning of the show, Bryce Wilson is out, and he's on the IL with arm fatigue. So basically it's, I didn't pitch a whole lot last year. I I don't know how much more my arm can go. And he's a guy that's young enough that you're thinking, him and Brubaker, I would almost pencil them in for the, you know, starting rotation next year cuz I think that's what they're gearing up towards. So I I think that a lot of the stuff that we're going to see Chris is stuff that, you know, it, it may not it may not move too many needles, but you uh 
you uh, put it perfectly with with the little metaphor there of you know just let's cast a wide net let's see who we bring in and let's see who is big enough to keep and who's you know showing us enough to keep and if not we're tossing it back because we don't have uh, a lot on the books for next year already uh, until we get, you know, to the arbitration tenders. You got nothing on the books. You got nothing. You could technically get rid of the entire team for $3 million and start over. Like, like you yeah. have you have so much flexibility. Uh, you got to give Polanco $3 million because you're going to pay him $3 million to go away. There's no way you're picking up that option. And then it's basically our players. Like, that. that's your that's your entire team at this point. But but I want to ask you a question. I'm just curious. Just give me, Just blurt out a number. But of the of the players on the forty man roster, we're uh, technically, from what I can see on fan graphs, we're at thirty nine as of this moment as we're yes. talking. Okay, of the guys on that forty man roster, how many of them are homegrown Pittsburgh Pirates? That means they drafted them, developed them, and they're in the forty man roster. Just kind of just ballpark it in your head. Don't spend too much time on this. What do you think? Um, eleven. You nailed it. You're looking at the same page, aren't you? No, I don't even have it pulled up, man. I'll show you my phone. I got, I'm, I got the home screen. And you just kind of scrolled through real quick and looked well, at the players' I was, names? I, here's the thing is I was thinking somewhere between 9 and 13. Okay, and you just split the difference? And I just split the difference, right. so. You nailed it on 11. 11 are homegrown. Four were free agents. 18 of them acquired through a trade. Five of them picked off of waivers. That's that wide net right there. And one of them is a rule five. Now, listen. Compare that to some of the the upper echelon of Major League Baseball. When you look at a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers, you would think, oh, they just traded for their whole team. Nope, 16 homegrown players on that team. Teams that came out of rebuilds like the Chicago White Sox, 17 homegrown players on that 40-man roster that they're dealing with. The Houston Astros, 20 homegrown players. So trust me. You have to do work during the draft, but then you take a look at a team like the San Diego Padres. Because I was I was looking at this today with the Pirates, and my first thought, Craig, was they what is their comparison with homegrown talent? Because they don't have a lot on their forty man roster, so that's one of the things they have to work on. But they're throwing out this this wide net, and that is just throwing darts blindfolded. You might find one guy one guy off of waivers that becomes like a main part of your team, maybe one if you're lucky. You throw out that wide net, you're just collecting junk the next couple of months, and you're hoping you get lucky and you unlock something. But when you look at the Padres, you can see that there are other ways to build rosters. They have 39 guys in the 40-man roster, five homegrown players, 13 free agents, and 20 of them acquired through a trade with one guy picked off of waivers. And they're a contending team this year. So there's no, there's no set way to do it. Ben Charrington, though, is going to sit there and say, well, the rules allow me to just grab all these guys off of waivers, and my team is terrible, so I get first crack at them all, so just just come on through. It's like a just you know, it's like a turnstile. Come on through, give it a shot. We don't like you. You're gone. You know, you're DFA'd. Nobody wants you anyway because they already put you on waivers, <laughs> so you're probably going to end up in my, in my minor league system because I'm just going to outright you to Indianapolis right after nobody picks you up, which is what happened to Eric Gonzalez. So, like, he could do this. He could afford to do these kind of things. Why not grab every piece of scrap you can in the hopes that you find something? Because the Pirates have a lot of work to do down in the minor leagues, filling out everything and trying to find a greater talent pool to work from. And this is what every rebuilding team must do. I applaud him for doing it. It's heartless, but I applaud him for doing it.
I don't even know what to say, Chris. It's it's definitely something that it gets a little bit old, and I can see where fans, like you said, like with with it, you know, we talked about this before. Naming a player, like giving, you know, throw up Evans, like come ride the throw up Evans, and then the big Nagowski and and different stuff like this. But as a person who's been uh, a Pirates fan for as long as I have, I mean, there's probably I'd say hundreds of these guys who have come through and will be, some of them will be remembered in the lore of, you know, a Pirates fandom. We'll talk about hopefully in like three or four years when, you know, we're in the playoffs and be like, oh, do you remember when, you know, we got John Nagowski for a week and he came in and, you know, hit the cover off the ball or, you know, Philip Evans. Or do you remember when we had that bum Kai Tom who basically did any, only thing he could do was walk and couldn't hit the ball. So, I mean, like I said, it's it's tough to go through this and it's tough to see um, because a lot of these guys aren't going to hit. They're not going to play well. And you're going to see, you know, a lot of high ERAs and and low batting averages at times uh, from these players. But it's a, it's a necessary part of the process, especially when, you know, there's not too many people pushing. And we've talked about this all year, Chris. Not a whole lot of people pushing from AAA to come up. And even at this point in time, I mean... I was making a case for Cole Tucker. I don't know if I still would. Uh, Michael Chavez, you know, who Ben Charrington gets in a trade. It's a guy who he drafted. There's some guys that I would possibly still want to see. But for the most part, I mean, Triple A is just, just honestly, like at this, a wasteland. Well, the majority of your players that will be part of this thing when it finally gets pulled together are lower down in your system. And the thing is, you're just kind of treading water and trying to find the best base that you can for when they get here. Because the guys like Nick Gonzalez and Quinn Priester and Pagaro and Head and, you know, Thomas down there, all these guys that are your higher end prospects, they're all in, they're all in A ball right now. You know, O'Neill Cruz is only sitting in double A. You, you, you have an awful lot of guys that are down there in A ball that... That's the team you're kind of paying attention to a little bit. Like, how are those guys doing? How are they progressing? That's something you got to look at because they're going to make up that big number of homegrown talent when the team is ready to break out and do something. Plus, you want some of these guys to do well enough that when it comes time to make a trade, when your team's finally competing, you have pieces to go get what you need to put you over the top when you're ready to start competing for championships. Now, all of that said, I'm curious about what you think when it comes to this this core team and what you're going to have next year on the field like like who do you want to bring back you know i get muscle aches all the time i've gone from being able to do whatever i want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity good news there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a cbd topical that will not break the bank Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. 
And now check out the new 2500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. I mean, it's obvious you want to give arbitration to Brian Reynolds and you're going to give arbitration to Jacob Stallings. I think Reynolds is a super two, you were telling me. So yes. you're, you, and Stallings is up for arbitration. So these are these are two guys you're definitely going to say, I want I want to offer him arbitration. I want to bring him back. Other other than that, I mean, I would imagine you're going to give arbitration to Colin Moran because at 28 years old, he still brings something of value to your team. You know, I I, I don't know if he's a linchpin when it comes time for you to to start, you know, winning ball games at a, on a grander level. But, you know, 276 with the 771 OPS, that plays, especially in the National League. You, you can't, he, he, he may be at the bottom part of your order when you finally get good, but I, I don't know why you wouldn't just hold on to the guy and let him keep playing. But who who on this team? Because, I, like, I kind of flipped through and I thought to myself right off the top of my head, your, your core that you're going to have back and where these guys are actually going to be playing. I mean, cause some of them you already have, there's no way that they're going away, but I mean, I'm, I'm keeping Reynolds in the outfield. I still have Moran in my infield. I still have Stallings behind the plate. I would actually like to see Ben Gamble just remain out there in some capacity. He's done well this year. It's good to have a veteran presence. I think he's 29 years old right now. He's 30 next year. I, I, I have no problem with keeping him around any other players that you're thinking of or are any of those guys you would say, no, Chris, you're wrong. But what are you thinking when you're just looking at the guys that are playing the field right now? I mean, the one that you mentioned, uh, Ben Gamble coming back from injury, It's I definitely wanted to see him, you know, because he, he kind of held the team together for a little bit there when, you know, Cabrian was struggling a little bit more and, you know, Frazier had just, just left and, you know, it was just pretty much like Reynolds and, and nothing else. And Ben Gamble is a guy, you know, he's he's arbitration eligible. It shouldn't be, you know, super expensive. And instead of having to go out and, you know, sign a free agent to see how they work out uh, in the outfield, you kind of have one of those guys ready-made. It's it's one of those, you know, DFA waiver pickups for Ben Charrington that I, I believe he's kind of hit on to be a, a filler. I mean, not obviously I don't see him as like, you know. Okay. Well, well wait, wait, but where do you, do you view him the same as you view Colin Moran? Yeah, I, I would, I would view him exactly the same as Colin Moran. They're the same player at the plate. One plays the outfield, one plays first base. One's hitting 274. The other one's hitting 276. One's got a 349 OBP and the other one's got a 340. One's got a 433 slugging. The other one's got a 431. One's OPS is 782 and the other guys is 771. They are the same guy at the plate, the two of them. So, I mean, how you view Colin Moran should be basically how you view Ben Gamble. They're both in their late 20s, heading towards 30 very quickly. They may not be any part of this team when you get good. They may also be a veteran that's still sitting around in your lineup or coming off the bench or somebody that you you have as a, as a piece on this team as you're building a team around them and they're in their early early to mid thirties, so I don't. I would not jettison a guy like Ben Gamble. I keep him around. Yeah, I mean Ben Gamble. Like I said he's, he's last year of Arb. He's a guy that I would probably keep around. Um, one that is like, I don't know. It's he, he he's done well, but there's a bunch of other players that can kind of do what he does, and that's that's Wilmer Defoe. Uh, he hasn't really done anything wrong. So, uh, for the most part, like I, I wouldn't say he's a guy that it's like, oh, he's completely screwed up his chances to ever be on this team, and he plays a whole bunch of different positions. 
So he's a guy that's it's going to be tough for me to go. You know, are they going to are they going to tender him, or is he going to be a guy that's going to be you know kind of walking out the door? So I almost like to see you know with Defoe what can be done with him for the rest of the season, just because I honestly haven't seen his name called uh, very often recently. Well, you know, he's basically a. He's your standard right now. I mean, I want to say that he, I, I don't have him in front of me right now, but looking at the fact that his OPS is at 714, his OPS plus has got to be sitting right around either just like a couple points below the average of 100 or maybe a point or two above it. and I, Or maybe he's just right at 100. So he's an, he is your, he's an average ball player. He might, he's yeah. probably below it. I don't have it in front of me right now. I'll see if I can look it up. But, but he's a, he's the kind of guy like, that's the kind of guy that you could say, well, you know what? He's not going to cost very much. Why not keep him on the team? Like, I, I think, but when, like, forget those guys. Who's your core right now? Like, what are you building around? Like, you're building around Stallings a catcher until your number one draft choice eventually takes the job, right? Like, that's yeah. the plan, right? Okay. And first base, right now you got Colin Moran there, but I don't know if you believe that's the guy when you're winning championships. And second base right now could be a wide open and you could keep anybody there. You can get rid of everybody that's there and just bring in somebody else. What the heck? You could bring Cole Tucker up next year and be like, guess what? Play second base. I don't care. I just like you could do whatever you want to at second base right now because Kevin Newman hasn't done anything that's made me feel like this is the guy or any of these other guys that are in the in the middle infield right now, right? You know how I feel you know how I feel about Kevin Newman though, man. Kevin Newman, I it's it's a big thing and it was it was my push last week and I mean, he's only he's hitting two twenty eight. He's hitting two twenty eight. Yeah, he's terrible. He had yeah, one he's flash bat, in he's the past season, like two seventy five over his last thirty games. I don't and care. He's... Thirty games is not enough for me. I, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm done with him. I, I I I don't think that he is a part of this when we're good. I also think that just from the team standpoint, I think that he's a player. He's going into his first year of ARB. He's going to be pretty cheap. That he almost, in some ways takes the the Eric Gonzalez role uh that Eric Gonzalez role is that he's held for the past few years and not that it's it, not that it's you know it it might not be the greatest decision but I just don't see them giving up on him just yet I think they like him too much all right but but, but the thing is that I don't think eventually I don't think he's necessary like if all of a sudden they decide they weren't going with him it wouldn't crush me in any way I don't think it should crush oh, no. any pirates fan we're like oh my god I can't believe we didn't we didn't arbit- give arbitration to, to Kevin Newman. I don't think it should bother you in any way whatsoever. I mean, in reality, what you're doing is you're watching the third baseman Hayes. You're watching the outfielder and Reynolds. You're, you're watching the catcher and Stallings, knowing that he is the guy who's going to be basically the placeholder until the guy that gets here, that you drafted, gets here in the hopes that he's going to be good. And you f- kind of figure Moran and Gamble are definitely going to be guys that could be around this team for a couple years as it grows and can contribute something to it. I don't think there's another name. Like, you haven't really, I mean, you're kind of like, well, you could give arbitration to this guy or this guy. Is there anybody else that's even in the category with those guys that I mentioned? No. I mean, there's nobody that's right? even, like, really close. Like, everything else is just an interchangeable, like, baseball card that you could just grab another baseball card that's pretty much like it that has a different name on it and put it out there, right? Like, if, if Ben Charrington wanted to, he could find low-cost free agents that he could fill in if he liked how those guys played because he th- or he thought that they might have a better future or he just wanted to have a more competitive team or whatever he wanted to do. He could get rid of all those other guys, anybody else that's on that roster right now, 
and make moves in the offseason as long as he kept the guys that I mentioned right there. Right? Yeah. And I mean, there's some guys that might end up, you know, like a Rodolfo Castro that'll probably end up, I would think, possibly back in AAA next year uh, to get a little bit more seasoning. I mean, he might stay up. Who knows? Uh, but I mean, he's a guy that's probably going to stay around. But that's another thing is one of those, you know, pre arb guys. Um, anybody else that's, you know, either up for arbitration or, you know, I, I think the rest of this season is pretty big for, for Hoy Park. Yeah, I'm interested in him. That, that is true. I am interested in him. If he plays really well, you definitely don't need to keep or keep around Newman, do you? No, I mean he's he could pretty much at, at this point in time, especially with uh, Tucopito Mar- Marcano, you know, down in in AAA to see if he's going to come up next year. That's a guy who I think is on the starting. He is starting for the Pirates in the middle infield next year. And I, th- I think that's their goal. I think that they don't really see the the need to bring him up. Um, at this point in time and just let him get his at-bats down in AAA. I mean, I know that this, the September call-ups are, are you know, lessened this year because it only expands to, you know, 28. He could be a guy if you're not looking for, you know, that extra pitcher. They could come up and get a couple at-bats, you know, towards the end of the year. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I I feel like him, He's he's set for you know, what his role is going to be next year. And I, I think that's going to be at, at the least a utility player uh, at the most uh, starting in either maybe left field or, or at uh, shortstop. Who's the best starting pitcher on your team right now, in your opinion? I mean, it was Brubaker for the longest time right now. I mean, it's either Chad cool or Steven Brault and Chad Cool's going into, I believe his third year arbitration. Steven Brault's going into his second. Steven Brault has not played a full season, and I can't remember how long. You know, JT Brubaker for the season, still a whip of 1.22. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he, he just given up a lot of, given up a lot of hard contact, given up a lot of home runs. Uh, I think a lot of it is probably fatigue um, and just not locating his pitches very well. Um, so I think that's why they're trying to kind of rest him. I still have some, you know, some faith in him, maybe more than other people do. Um, but, I mean, pretty much, I mean, your best pitchers right now could be could be gone in the offseason if, if anybody's making an offer, if Brault makes a run here like he has towards the end of, you know, other seasons, ends up being like the best starting pitcher for the last, you know, month and a half of the season. Uh, Chad Cool uh, going to be coming back, you know, he was on the COVID IL for a little bit there had been pitching really well up into that point. I know we had talked about him as a potential, you know, trade deadline uh, candidate for some team just because he does have, you know, he has good potential, he has good stuff. Um, and he can fit into, the same with Brault, it can fit into a rotation, he can also fit into a bullpen. Um, so right now, Chris, I mean, I think the best pitcher on this staff, I mean, I was, if I would be pressed to say it, I mean, I would probably still go with Brubaker as a guy who I still have the most faith in, um, either him or, or, or Bryce Wilson, to start next year. All right, so now that we've said that, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay into you with uh, some of the top pitching prospects down in the system. I'm going to read off some names to you, okay? We got Quinn Priester. He's down in A-ball. Tanaj Thomas, he's in, a, he's in the high A-ball right now. Okay, Brennan Malone, he's in rookie ball right now. Yeah, Cody Bolton, 
Carmen Majinski. Of the guys currently on the major league roster. Of the guys that I you considered when I was sitting there saying, who's the best pitcher on the staff? How many of those guys will last until you actually have your real starting rotation when you're going to be going on your run in a couple of years here with the Pirates? How many of those guys matter? Like, I know you might be able to fix one or two. I know you might have one in there right now that you're like, ah, if it weren't for some bad luck. I mean, I think Brubaker could be there. But how many realistically, because at some point you want these other guys to come up and be better than them and take their jobs, right? I mean, that's what you're expecting. These guys will come up and be better than them and take their jobs. So on the current roster right now, how many and who do you think has a legitimate shot of being part of this when it finally matters? I mean, I think that there's there's a a small group of about four guys. Who are um, I, I would say it's it's Brubaker, it's Wilson, it's uh, Mitch Keller, and it's it's Max Cranick. And Max Cranick's back down in AAA right now. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people would throw in Miguel Yahure, who's should be coming back up to make a start. So if he you know gets back on the roster before the end of the season. But I would honestly think, even if you expand it to that and say that there's those you know five guys, I honestly think the number is probably going to come down to at the most two and probably one. And we all know not all the guys that are down in the minor leagues because I mean you got Ronzi Contreras who got injured this year, who was in Double A, possibly could have been moved up to Triple A. Um, I got a left-hander I really like, Omar Cruz. Uh, who we got in a trade in this offseason has, has kind of, you know, starting to make his way up. I mean, there's a lot of different guys, but honestly, Chris, if I had to, I would probably even say out of, you know, who did I say? Say if, if we give me Yahoo Max Cranick, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Bryce Wilson, I would say at most two are still there. One of them might, I mean, one of those guys might be in the bullpen. You know, you never know if, if it comes a long relief type guy or something. Right. But for the most part, I would probably think that there's one. I would probably think that three of the other guys are made up of hopefully our prospects. And I still think that, you know, what usually happens in this type of situation. Realistically, you're going to sign two pitchers in free agency and have to go out and spend money. Yeah. But here's what I think is funny. You came up with five names. Those are your starting five. Next year, they should be your starting five. Like, that's the thing. Like, in the middle of a rebuild, give them some innings. Let them pitch. Figure out what you can do. The five guys you mentioned should be the starting rotation next year. And anybody that's not in that five, it's okay if you don't pick them up in arbitration, if you move on from them. that That's the point I guess I'm trying to make. Like, you would hope that the plant, like somewhere in the back of his mind, Ben Sherrington has a name or five names, or six names, and he's like, those are really my starters. And everything else doesn't matter to me because those are the guys that are my starters on my team. But we'll see what he ends up doing. This is Bucks in the Basement. Craig, you going any more games soon, or are you done? Uh, the, the next the next one I actually have tickets for is uh, October 1st. September 1st. We're not playing in October. No, they play October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Really? That's the only way the Pirates get to play in October is that the regular season bleeds into October? Yeah. They should make Pirates October shirts. They should just do it as a joke, right? <laughs> Shouldn't they do that? Bucktober. Bucktober. They should have Bucktober shirts they hand out on those three days just because it would be funny. Ironically yeah. and stupidly funny. you got to enjoy this. It's the only thing you can do at this point. Now I see the 
this town. They change, they say one thing but this.